LLCs are a great thing. And trusts can be a great thing too. They both will be used in different scenarios. And I do believe that both of those things are important. Not sure that without getting really, really crazy, you can have total anonymity. And I don't know if total anonymity is going to help you if you really screw something up. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here with another lightning round. Yeah, this is like a record number of lightning rounds. Well, we've been getting feedback from y'all, and we love that. That's good. Yes. But the questions we're getting are not enough for a full podcast, most of them. Yep. Unless, of course, I go off on some crazy rant that <laughs> make, turns them into that. But they're more simplistic questions, at least the way they've been worded, they are. And so we're just going to burn through some more. And if you've got more, send them. I mean, we don't mind doing lightning rounds. Kind of fun. That's right. I mean, we could babble on for a long time, but I think they don't necessarily warrant that. So Yes. and. We don't really prep, you know, we have all these way that we do show prep. This is the other thing I guess I should probably say, because I was on another podcast recently and the guys were like in the middle of the podcast, they were like telling their people to like chop from here to whatever. I can't even remember what happened. Really? Yeah. Like I got done and, and they were like, yeah, so who does all your editing and your stuff? And I'm like, well, they just put a bumper on the end and a bumper on the other end. And you oh, they don't edit your show. And I'm like, no, this is literally like <laughs> as if we had a radio show. Yeah. There's no editing to the shows. Like we never edit the show. Yep. So I should say what you guys hear, that's literally what happens. There isn't any edit. Yeah. It just goes. So. Which is more fun in my opinion. And these particular ones. We don't even prep for these. We just, uh -uh. Heather's throwing out questions. And so this is just like go time, which is why they're more fun. Yes. Our only prep was I said, hey, here's the questions we got. I'm going to text them to you so we can both have a copy of them. That's it. And I just got them like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so um, on that lovely note, we're going to do another lightning round. That's right. And we'll see if it turns into a slow, crazy, drugged out lightning round or not. That's right. So the first one, I often send, like I refer clients to experts on this stuff when I get questions like this. So I don't often really answer this fully, but we'll say what we normally say. <clears throat> we are not giving financial or legal advice on this show. Whatever Heather says is Heather's own opinion. <laughs> yes. You should consult an attorney and or a CPA and or anybody else that would be considered an expert. That's right. Mental health provider, whoever it is. <laughs> so the first one is setting up a LLC and bank accounts. Like the client said, I'm overwhelmed, I think is really where a lot of these questions came from is I'm overwhelmed at the idea of buying real estate. And these are the reasons why is kind of the way I interpret these questions. So the first one setting up an LLC and bank accounts. I mean, I have a couple of different people that help with this that we refer clients to as well. I call them up and I say, okay, I'm buying a property in this market and I want to set up an LLC. And the last time I set one up was in Alabama. And he said, yeah, you can do a series in Alabama, a series LLC. Let's set up a series. And it's less expensive because they don't have a bunch of renewals in Alabama, but it's more expensive on the front end, like just information that I don't have to store in my brain anywhere. 
You know what I learned about two days ago? Oh, tell me. Because I did the same thing. I called up a guy and I was like, hey, man, I need an LLC in a state because I'm going to buy some properties. And he said, what state? I told him a state and he goes, oh, cool. Well, is your wife going to be on it? And I said, well, she can be. He goes, well, you should definitely have more than just you on the hmm. entity. I said, okay. I mean, that's fine. So he goes, there's something really cool you can do in that state. It's called an F-O-N-C-E. What? A Fonzie is what it sounds like. <laughs> Fonzie. Like, hey, hey, hey. What, what, what did he say? It wasn't hey, hey. He said, oh, I was just telling my kids about this this last week. The, the Fonz. He would walk in a room and be like, ah, oh, I'm going to Google. Go, Ron, go. Finish. People out there are like, you're an idiot. It's this. And they're doing it. I know what you're doing right now. You're all doing it. He's got the leather jacket. He's got it open. Hey, it was a right? Yeah, I think he went into the little, what was that, a bar or a cafe or something? Anyway, all beside the point. The Fonzie, which is not really what it's called, the Fonzie, (laughs) it's something where you don't have to pay the state. What's that stupid tax, Heather, that you have to pay when you sell properties? Uh, Oh, what the hell? We just said we don't edit this show and then the episode's going like this. And everybody's going to be like, yeah, they don't edit it. That's for <laughs> sure. Franchise tax. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And in this particular state, the franchise tax is kind of crazy. I've sold properties there before. It's ridiculous. Oh. So you can eliminate it. There's a loophole. Hmm. I thought to myself, what? what? I don't even know how many properties I've sold in this state. Wow. And I didn't know. All I had to do was talk to the right person and put my wife on the LLC. Come on now. And you've been doing this a long time and in that state a long time. Like over a decade in that state. Yes. Assuming that you have to know everything before you buy is just not accurate. You just need to know the right people. Way to save me, Heather. I'm just like, gosh, dang. I'm like, I should have known that. Anyway. You call somebody and they help you set it up. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I needed that LLC set up in like a day. Oh. Because I needed to close on this particular property very, very quickly. Yeah. So I'm just telling y'all that, yeah. Hmm. That is really interesting. And I wouldn't have to have done that beforehand, but the Fonzie sounds really cool. So I actually really do need it (laughs) set up beforehand (laughs) on this particular one. Because you can always... Set up an LLC afterwards. And if you're going to finance a property, you have to anyway. Yeah. Well, unless you're getting a commercial loan, right? Or a, a DSCR loan, which if you don't know what that is, three episodes back, I think yep. there is a, an episode on DSCR loans. It's on financing, but they're in there. Yes. Gosh, that was really long for the first one, Heather. <laughs> we are bad at this lightning round lately. Okay. But the Fonzie is my fault. I went off on that. Okay. Next one is best ways to finance. And everybody's going to email in and say, I want to know what the Fonzie is. And (laughs) I don't even know. All I heard was I don't have to pay a tax. I'm in. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. That's the thing. You have your people for that. And we share our people. Like if you need a person to help you with stuff like that, email us. We will happily connect you. Great book, folks. Who Not How. I think I've pitched it before. Who Not How. Great book. True. The book Who Not How. Solid. There you go. I don't know how, but I do know who. Yep. I think it will get out of your own way, right? So how to finance, the best ways to finance. Man, I can share my opinion on this for sure. We're big believers in conventional loans. In fact, just had a client last week talk to us about, well, can I put less money down? Yeah. Like, is there a special option that I can do 15% down or sometimes even lower? 
However, with high interest rates right now, that may not be in your best interest. I mean, we're looking at all sorts of options right now. I think we talked about them a couple of weeks ago with Brendan Colasar, mm-hmm. our lender over there and a guild. And he said, like, there's a 40-year amortization loan, right? So we're running numbers on every loan option out there. And conventional 30-year fixed is still the winner after running all of our numbers. So keeping that in mind that you don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. Sometimes though, lately DSCR, that debt service coverage ratio loan, that's more property specific than investor specific can be a winner. It can come out with better rates like week to week. It just depends. Yeah, It's generally based on the 10 year treasury. So sometimes it can be better. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it's not better. I feel like we need to call this episode who not how at the end of this, it's going to be. I think actually everything on here is going to fall into that category. Yes. We could just end it now. I know. Guys, this is a 10 minute uh, version this time and it's <laughs> who not how. Yeah. Having the right people, the right relationships. So we also get this question all the time, but we already talked about it in the other episode. You should just go listen to the other episode. It was really, really good. Why you should use the people that we would refer you to. They're the same people that we use. It's not like we have some kind of a magical bucket of people that we have for ourselves and then we don't let you use. Yep. We use the exact same people. Yep. And in almost every single instance, when you use somebody else, you end up getting a worse deal almost every time. Or you can't close the deal because they don't know what, they, they don't know what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. How to vet areas. Again, this is a who, not how, I guess, but how to look at a market. So we can go over that, what our criteria is for a market. Sure. And it's different per area. Like, look, Birmingham, Alabama and Memphis, Tennessee are going to be wildly different than Kansas City and Cape Coral, Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're different areas. Yes. I find it amusing. Like People will be like, well, this house is in a horrible area in Memphis because the crime is so high. Like The crime in Memphis in general is high. So you just don't buy in Memphis. You can't tell me that you're not going to buy a house in an area where I know it's perfectly fine because the crime stats are telling you in that particular area. Yeah. The whole city of Memphis has a higher crime rate than Kansas City does. Yeah. Now, if you look at Kansas City, Missouri proper and not the MSA, it's also going to show a higher crime rate. And the reason is because Kansas City, Missouri, like the actual city, it has at least two war zones in it. So it's going to skew the numbers. But that doesn't mean that the entire area isn't. Yeah, exactly. I do think people should have some education on markets, but I do think that they should probably not just assume they know what they're doing. Yeah, agreed. I think they should ask. I think some key points here for me is the area is growing. There's landlord-friendly legislation. You have job growth. That's pretty easy to research, actually. New jobs. I mean, especially if you're just on Google, you know, it's not uncommon that when we're looking at areas that we find big plants are opening, like an Amazon distribution plant is opening, or there's plans for a auto manufacturer growth. I mean, like that kind of stuff, knowing that jobs are coming to an area is super, super helpful. Looking for commercial construction going on, showing that there are, again, jobs that tenants can pay the rent. Yep. Just protecting your ability to attract tenants that can pay. That's really what you're looking for. I think a lot of people can overcomplicate that and try to guess on appreciation, but it's really about 
if there's going to be jobs for your tenants, because usually appreciation is going to naturally follow that. And predicting appreciation is much more difficult. So Mm -hmm. that's why we call it a market gift. Yes. Run the numbers that you can run and let the market give you the gift whenever it decides it wants to give it to you. Yep, exactly. Because look, the stats weren't all that much better when we were selling houses in Memphis for $125,000. And now those same houses are $275,000. Yeah. It's the same area. Nothing really changed except for there's more people and there's more houses that have been built. Other than that, not a whole lot has changed. I'm beating up on Memphis just because I just bought a property there. So I know that, and I've owned a lot of property there. And I don't think Memphis is a place I want to live. Matter of fact, I know it's not, (laughs) but it doesn't mean that I don't want to invest there, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. I think that covers that one, vetting an area, trying to move us through. So we stick to lightning. Okay. Next one, um, how to vet the protection laws and privacy. This one's a new question for me, Ron, about privacy. I'm not even sure what they're asking. I know. I'm guessing. How's that for unedited? (laughs) I'm guessing it could be about like if you need. Like asset protection? Yes. Like anonymity from like your tenant and LLC is a good starting point. You can put your LLCs inside of a trust as well. You can go crazy. If you want to know how to do this, all you have to do is watch the politicians that are in trouble right now. Yeah. I won't name any names, but they've set up tons of shell companies and those shell companies have protected them thus far. Although I'm not sure for how much longer (laughs) it's going to protect them, but that's not what we're talking about here. Sorry, that was a really bad aside. LLCs do give you some protection. They're limited liability companies that the name says that. And actually, we had an episode on this not too far. We'll link it in the show notes so that you guys can go and listen to it. LLCs are a great thing. And trusts can be a great thing too. They both will be used in different scenarios. Since I'm not an attorney, I don't really want to get into those. And especially since we have a show that's specifically talked about that. But I do believe that both of those things are important. Yes. Not sure that without getting really, really crazy, you can have total anonymity. And I don't know if total anonymity is going to help you if you really screw something up because they will find you. Yep. I mean, if you do something that negatively impacts the residents living in your house, they're going to find you. You can't like break laws and still remain enough. <laughs> well, unless you're a politician. If you're a politician, you can do it for sure. I know that for a fact. I feel like that laugh. I know it's the politician oh, laugh. Boy. Again, a shout out to Who Not How by Dan Sullivan here. I mean, knowing the laws and protecting yourself, hire someone. Man, and it's all different. And like all the states are different. Yeah. You couldn't possibly know all of that stuff. Exactly. And people go to school for years for this. So why would you go and try to figure all this out instead of leveraging someone who knows that? I think we're going to start calling all of the know-it-alls that call into our office. We'll start calling them Fonzies. True. That's a good idea. Don't be a Fonzie. Yeah, because they'll think that it's a term of endearment because Fonzie was cool. We will all know internally, not cool. Yep. Yeah. Because in a related note, we had a client asking about Zillow and saying, this must be overpriced. The property must be overpriced because Zillow's estimate says it's overpriced. Zillow, the love-hate relationship. (laughs) But it's so interesting how it ties into what we've been talking about because it's who, not how, again, the bank hires an appraiser. If it was that easy to know the value, the bank could just look at Zillow and say, oh yeah, we're good. But the bank hires an appraiser. We're good. Or you're overpaying by 50 grand. Of course, (laughs) 
we're offering you a house that is of $50,000 over. Yes. Zillow is like an algorithm. So listen, it can't be totally accurate. In addition to that, it can't keep up with the market the way the market has been anyway. It's impossible for it to. Yes. Because algorithm is looking at sales. And what if all the sales are of houses that are not renovated and you're buying a renovated house in an older neighborhood? How would Zillow ever be smart enough to know what flooring was put in and what appliances and if they added a bathroom? I'm not sure how much time I want to waste on Zillow. Yeah, you're right. I have the uh, screenshot of the one where the house across the street, the one that we were selling was like 150000 and the one across the street was $1.2 million. Same house in a brand new subdivision. <laughs> Somehow it comped it against the apartment complex at the beginning of the neighborhood. Wow, really? I don't know how, wow. right? It's in the same neighborhood. Zillow is a fun place to look. I was on my walk with my wife this morning and we're like, I feel like there's another lot in our neighborhood. Like all the houses are built. It's kind of an older neighborhood where I live. But we were just at a party the other day and somebody was saying, yeah, there's another lot in the neighborhood. And I was trying to figure out where it was. So I pulled up Zillow and Zillow does show a lot where there's no house. And funny enough, it's the same price as the house next door. What? Now, there's no house (laughs) on the lot. So they're saying that the lot is the exact same price as the house next door that has a lot and a house. Yeah. I'm telling you folks, like if you're that worked up about buying a piece of real estate, you probably just shouldn't buy real estate. Yeah. You're getting a loan The bank, who is itself a third party and third party interested, it is interested in its own company, right? Mm -hmm. And it's protecting its deals. But it is now forced by the government to use a third party AMC. They literally can't even choose the appraiser. They stick it into this Russian roulette machine and you either get shot in the head or it's empty. One of the two. And you can't tell what's going to happen. So nobody has control of this. You're going to get an appraiser who is regulated and they are going to go out and find actual comparable sales and they're going to provide them. Now, sometimes you get a crappy appraiser. It's true. But most of the time, the appraisers do a pretty good job. Yeah. Most of the time. I agree. And having that independent evaluation to make sure you're not overpaying is actually one of the awesome things about real estate that we love. So it's ironic that I think this particular person was having a conversation with someone that instilled a bit of fear, right? Mm -hmm. With all of the scary things about owning real estate. And so the one other question we had was related to comparing a stock account with real estate returns. And I think it's really interesting because we've talked about this a lot. In fact, we can link maybe the episode where we talk about the stock market versus real estate in general. But the stock market can have its ups and downs. And for sure, if it's up this year, you got to look at the history of it to see what percentage it's up historically. Super funny. Two things. The first thing is, how many of you out there before you invest half a million dollars that you have in your stock account or in your IRA into a bunch of stocks have asked for an independent valuation of the stocks. Yeah. I bet almost none of you have. Yeah. Right? So you don't know what they're worth. All you know is that on the day you bought them, that's what they were worth. And the very next day, some moron in the marketing department or the CEO could do something or say something 
and tank the value of the stock. If you don't believe me, just ask Budweiser yeah. and several other companies. I know. It dumbfounds me that people make these strange requests of real estate that they don't of their stock account. In addition to that, people have selective memory on their stock and retirement accounts. Some people don't. Some people are super tuned into this. We just heard a client the other day who was discussing their IRA and their IRA was this year it had made 20 something percent. I mean, that's a fantastic return. Yeah. Most of the time, that's all people say. Like, I made 20% that my account's doing great. But this person had the sense to say, but last year I lost 30. Yeah. I mean, so net you're down more than 4% with fees and everything else that you pay for, you know, for your account and everything else. It takes a long time to recoup that money. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand what it is, but there's a selective memory when it comes to returns in stock accounts, specifically trading accounts specifically with men. That's a good point. I don't think I've ever heard a guy that I've talked to said they had a stock trading account, which is basically just an account their wife lets them gamble in. Mm -hmm. They always rope it. Always. That's true. I know for a fact that's not true. And those of you who are listening who have your stock accounts, you're laughing right now because you know, you tell everybody all about all of your wins. You never tell anybody about your losses. And over time, we all know you haven't really done that well. So you should just own up to it, at least. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think that the interesting thing, too, is how there's all the fees associated with the stock account that no one talks about, right? Mm -hmm. They talk about their gains. And I've seen it in real estate, too, a little bit. I think it's kind of the human nature to not want to admit when things don't go well. Only when I talk to people who bought property outside of our company and I say, how is it doing? Like, how much cash flow is it bringing in? And almost... Man, like 95% of the time, they just give me the rent. And I'm like, wait, 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 your rent? That's your rent, right? Because they'll say, oh, yeah, 2000 a month, it's financed. And I'm like, so is that like after expenses, like taxes, insurance? And they go, oh, yeah, no, no, that's the rent. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not your rate of return. That's not your cash flow. So I think it's a bit of human nature to want to just only talk about our wins, which I guess we see on social media and stuff too. So Yeah. So, I mean, what's the difference between the two? The difference is you cannot even compare them. It's not even fair. And we can run through the list again, but I don't know that we need to because we'll link in the show notes to the episode where we literally talked about a whole bunch of reasons why they're not even close to being comparable. Yep. It's just not even close. Agreed. Not the least of which is my favorite that you can buy this on payments and have someone else pay it off for you over time. I don't know any stock, mutual fund, bond, anything else that someone else will literally buy for you. I don't know of any. Yeah, agreed. And you have a down payment, someone else pays it off. Like, oh, anyway, I'm not going to get started. I'm not going to do it. No, don't do it. I just saw the word Zillow again, and I was about ready to go off one more time. (laughs) Well, I think Dan Sullivan will like how many times we've mentioned who, not how today, but that's probably my biggest takeaway in all these questions. All of his books are fantastic. You literally can't go wrong. Just, Just order them and start reading them. Yeah, agreed. They're all really, really good. And Zillow is a fun place to play. Let's just call it what it is and use it for that. It's a great, fun place to play and get some information. Yep. But you still got to check all the information you get on there because half the time is not accurate. I just said, like, my neighborhood, it's literally between a million and $3 million off. Mm-hmm. 
and I know it is. Amazing. It's ridiculous. We see it all the time. That's why you have professionals. And it's so unfortunate because I think a lot of these people, they don't even call a realtor. And we've had that conversation too, because they think they know what their properties are worth. I talked to the people in my neighborhood here. They have no idea hmm. what their properties are worth. And it's because they've lived here for 10, 15, 20 years. Most of the people in here have been here for a long time. Wow. They have no idea what has happened to the value of their homes. And I feel like I just want to go buy all of them from these people. Right. I just say, guys, you don't know what your house is worth. You don't even know what your property is worth. Yeah. Like we could level your house. The lot you think your house is worth. Well, I get text messages. I'm sure you do. Well, maybe you don't, Ron. My phone number is out there, I think, more than yours. But I get text messages about my properties all the time, about wanting to buy my properties. And I shut them down so fast when I say, I know what it's worth. I know it's worth X and I won't accept less. So I don't think I'm a good fit for you. And they're like, have a good day. (laughs) I got one on my Florida property just a couple of days ago. I don't know how in the world they got my number. Yeah. But they did. Same. They skip traced me and they found me. Yeah. And they've texted me like, I don't know how many times I've completely ignored them. Oh yeah. And then they sent me the breakup text. We talked about this the other day. Yes. They sent me the breakup text. Well, I, we're never going to contact you again. I said, great. <laughs> great. Then the next thing that came in was, we'd like to make an offer on your property. I'm like, listen, robot. <laughs> I said, great, make me an offer. Did you respond and say, great? I said, great. And then they said they were going to make me an offer. And I said, make me an offer. I still haven't seen an offer. So I guess their robot can't make <laughs> offers. I don't know what the deal is. You shouldn't have responded and said, great, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I felt like I needed to. <laughs> I know. The breakup text worked. I didn't want them to break up with me. I know. I kind of like their robot texts. <laughs> They're fun. It's <laughs> awesome. So anyway. Yeah. Don't sell to those people, by the way. Yeah. If you have a property and you're hell-bent on selling it and you're thinking about selling it to one of the robots that text you, call our office instead. I might be interested. I'll probably pay you more than the robots. Yeah. They lowball 100% of the time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I might even know the person who's got the robot out there after you, but that's right. Anyway. All right, guys. I think that's the end of the lightning round, right? I think that's it. It is. That's all of it. We did it. It's a lot of stuff. Well, I guess it all goes together with who, not how. Yeah. Look at us, man. We came up with a theme and everything. I know. How do we get a theme for lightning round? On the fly. We are killing it. And now you all know a little bit of behind the scenes on the show too. You know that we don't edit this thing. And sometimes we probably should. (laughs) It's almost always me that we should edit out. But Oh, no. I'd say 100% of the time it's me that we should edit out and my crazy stories and anecdotal. Not at all. Everyone loves your rants. Anyway. Okay, people. Until next time, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.